Welcome to Saltier Politics. Today we talk about the Mueller report. So, I, Julie, I have a question for you and have a way to tee up the Mueller report talk for us. So, if I steal something from you, Julie, deny it and find out you've hired an investigator to look into it. If I didn't do it, fine, I'll look all you want because I didn't do it. But if I did, I may say this could be the end of our friendship. I'm effed. You, you would be after if you stole something from me. Right. Um, if I did something wrong, I would be yeah. worried that you were looking into it. So here's the deal with the Mueller report, and I want to make this very clear. You and I were together doing this podcast the day the Mueller report came out, and we made a very calculated decision not to talk about it. And the reason we did um, is because I think we both wanted to read it and digest it and not have these knee-jerk reactions to it, which is exactly what we did. Um, and I, I spent all day not doing any work, which I'm sure makes everybody in my life very happy, um, reading this report and, and really just sped read it. Um, the day came out, it's almost 500 pages, and then spent the weekend kind of going back to the relevant sections. And here's what's interesting to me about this report, and it goes back to what you just teased um, in, the, in the start of this piece, which is, you know, you have at worst, or I should say at best for Donald Trump, the, the, most, the, the, the most kind interpretation of this, which is basically what Robert Mueller provided, is that you have a president and a campaign fully aware that the Russians were hacking into and interfering with our elections. That's not up for debate. Um, that's not up for interpretation. Barr said it. I mean, there, there's, no, there's no misinterpretation about what was going on with the Russians. Parallel to that, you had members of the Trump campaign from his son, his son-in-law, um, a lot of aides, including, including Flynn, um, Michael Flynn as national security advisor, um, subsequently, and others, reaching out, trying to get, quote-unquote, dirt on Hillary Clinton, including trying to get her deleted emails, which they assumed the Russians had. And so they reached out to different Russians and different allies of the Russians, um, including WikiLeaks, to try to figure out how to get their hands on stolen property. Um, and this property, let's be clear, was hacked and stolen. So they were working in parallel, although not in tandem, as, as Robert Mueller says. And the largest part of this, which is the first part of the Mueller report, which outlines Russian interference, which is a little different from the second part, which outlines all the things that people in the report did to potentially try to obstruct justice on the, on the American side, I think the standard here is that we have a president who thinks it's a-okay for a foreign adversary, if not enemy, which is exactly what the Russians under Vladimir Putin are, to try to illegally hack into a fellow American's emails, into the DNC's emails, into John Podesta's emails. They know they attempted to try to get Hillary Clinton's emails. All of these are Americans. Um, have the Russians do that, have them interfere in our elections in, in a myriad of different ways, ranging from buying stuff on social media, different ads, having these fake Twitter accounts. Um, I, I remember one being 10 GOP when I was at Fox would constantly tweet me ridiculous things. It turned out it was a Russian um, front. And, um, and you would see members of his cabinet. Uh, and and his son. I mean, Don, Donald Trump Jr. would retweet it. Um, certainly, you know, Sean Hannity, others would retweet it. Allies of his would retweet it. 
including members of his campaign, including members of his family, including allies in the media. And so the most generous interpretation, which is the one that the special counsel provided after reading this report, is that we have a president of the United States who is so focused entirely on what is in his best interest that he has forgotten what is in our country's best interest. And that is all our political differences aside, we need to have a president who will stand with his fellow Americans against an assault against our democracy. And he didn't do that. This is a president who did not do that. And that's not up for debate. That's not up for whether it was obstruction of justice or whether uh, any crimes were committed. You have fundamentally the commander in chief of this nation, the man who's sworn to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, not doing any of that, not defending the Constitution, not defending his fellow Americans against enemies, foreign and domestic, but in fact, being pleased that this was happening because it helped his election, doing everything he could, and, and the only reason he's, by the way, not in deeper trouble is because some of his employees, including his, his counsel, Don McGahn, refused to carry out some of his orders to fire Robert Mueller and obstruct justice. But at which point, Emily, and this is the question for you, and I've been struggling with it, at which point does this rise to a level of high crimes and misdemeanors against the American people, in which case it is incumbent upon Congress to introduce articles of impeachment and to act on those articles of impeachment. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if it's premature because we haven't seen the redacted, the unredacted report, but even the redacted report to me is, is so damning that if we don't impeach based on what we have discovered over the last several days, what is the standard? Is it that he has to go shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue? Because I would argue to you that he was absolutely fine with somebody shooting American democracy in the head on his behalf. Right. Well, one of the things in trying to really understand why, despite all this evidence of actions with Russia, I was looking and it said Mueller applied the concept of conspiracy law. So a narrow definition of a crime, but the actions of Trump and those close to him did not meet the technical definition which requires an agreement, but instead he found mutually beneficial activities that were ongoing and reactive to other actions. So there was no agreement. It was mutually beneficial activities, but, which I find mind boggling because again, to your point, if, if your president wants to do mutual benef mutually beneficial activities with Russia or with a foreign nation for his own benefit right. against fellow Americans, and this is the part that we can't forget about, Fellow Americans, you could hate Hillary Clinton as much as you want. I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump, as everybody knows. But if I thought that Hillary Clinton conspired with Vladimir Putin and his cronies to try to subvert American democracy, or not even conspired, if she was working in, on parallel tracks to do that, and then subsequently, when you had an investigation into it, make all sorts of statements that would imply heavily that the Russians had aid nothing to do with it. He took Vladimir Putin's word for it. The Russians were totally blameless. And by the way, let's fire or think about firing the investigators who are looking into this assault on our democracy. What would that say about Hillary Clinton? What would the very same people from Sean Hannity to everybody on down be saying today if this were Hillary Clinton? They would say she's un-American, she's not fit to be president, she is unpatriotic, and they'd be right. But just substitute Donald Trump's name in that because that's exactly what's going on right now. And I, I, for the life of me, this is the part to me that seems lost in this entire Mueller report debate. 
is that people constantly talk about, well, did he obstruct justice? I don't know. Did he, did he work with, I don't know. He didn't really commit any crime. No collusion, no collusion. Although Mueller makes it very clear on page one or two of this report that they never looked at the question of collusion because collusion is actually not a crime. Um, and then subsequently said that if he could exonerate Trump from obstruction of justice charges, he would, but he can't. But he can't. And before we even get to obstruction of justice, you have a campaign that was entirely focused on winning, so much so that they had not only no problem with having the Russians interfere in our election to the detriment of democracy with a small d, but also that they tried to work with the Russians to that effect. They tried to get these stolen emails. They were unsuccessful in doing that. They tried to figure out what WikiLeaks had. They were unsuccessful in doing it. So they're only blessed by the fact that you have the Russians not really wanting to cooperate with them. And also by the fact that a lot of the president's cronies, once he got into the White House, wouldn't carry out his orders. And, and subsequently to that, the president, let's not forget, the president lied point blank. I mean, this is very clear in the Mueller report, and I urge everybody to read it rather than take my word for it. But trust me on this. This is what the Mueller report says. When, when, when the president said a while back that he had no business interest in Russia, that is absolutely false. In fact, the report spells out very carefully, Michael Cohen alluded to this in his testimony as well, that they were trying to get a letter of intent signed for the Trump Moscow Tower. They were trying to develop real estate in Moscow, which would have brought a huge windfall for the Trump organization to them. Um, Ivanka was, Donald Trump Jr. was, the president himself was, and certainly Michael Cohen was on behalf of the Trump organization. So of course it makes sense as to why he was currying favor with the Russians. <laughs> the Russians were potentially promising him an obscene amount of money to develop Trump Moscow Tower. And so, Trump Tower Moscow, excuse me. So put all of this together and ask yourselves the question, anybody listening to this, I don't care what your party affiliation is, ask yourself the question, is this a man whose first priority is the welfare of all nearly 400 million Americans whom he represents? Or is his interest purely financial, political, making sure that he does well politically, and more importantly, making sure that he does well financially, to the detriment of the rest of this country and how democracy should work in this country? Well, and if you look at his tweets and how he is at rallies, he's so, uh, no collusion, blah, 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 and very, you know, bullheaded and right in your face about it. But reading this report, 37 times he writes, I don't recall. No, oh, the, the man who said he had the greatest memory right, in the world, that's, by the way. That's, that is so revealing to me because someone who in public is so, I didn't do it. But when he's, for these written responses in the mo 37 times, I don't recall. You know, I asked a criminal defense lawyer um, this question after the Mueller report came out. And, and I, I, I said, if, 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 I, if I, a normal American citizen, were to not be the target of an investigation, but... But if I just, obviously, somebody who had something to add to the investigation, the only reason they couldn't, uh, they couldn't determine obstruction to some extent is because they couldn't find out what his intent was. And the reason they couldn't do that is because he refused to submit to an interview. And I said, you know, it's interesting. If, if I didn't want to submit to an interview by the FBI on an issue, I mean, would I get away with it? No, nah, I just don't feel like it. I'll give you written answers and I'll say I don't recall they would haul me in with a subpoena so fast in this. And, and, and you know, the, this criminal defense lawyer said, absolutely they would. And what I don't understand for the life of me is why the president is held to a, to a different standard. Donald Trump Jr., 
was not hauled in to testify, was not provided with a subpoena. I, I don't know what that's about. Um, but I just know that it's not the same standard that would apply to you or me, Emily, because the reality is if either of us were ever um, somebody with substantive knowledge, potentially of what prosecutors believe would be substantial knowledge of an event that they were forced to investigate, they would call us in in 30 seconds. And if we didn't comply with it, the request, they would subpoena us. And I guarantee you, whether you liked it or not, we'd be testifying under oath. And to that point, you know, this, this whole no obstruction, no obstruction, this is Mueller's quote. Um, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state, but they did not so state. Right. They found a pattern of public and private evidence of obstruction. And don't we, shouldn't we expect more from the president of the United States than whether he potentially obstructed justice or not? If you look at, you look at Watergate, right? Nixon was impeached by the Judiciary Committee. One of the charges was obstruction. Bill Clinton, same thing. One of the charges was obstruction. And here, you have a president who may or may not have obstructed. It's clear that his lawyers did a very good job playing, I guess, playing a game of chicken with the prosecutors and, and not allowing him to testify voluntarily and, and daring them to subpoena the president, um, which I still don't understand why Robert Mueller didn't do, and I would love for Congress, when he comes and testifies on the Hill, to be asked that question. But why is it that this is the standard that we expect from the president? Why is it that we don't expect a higher standard where somebody, we have every faith in the world? Look, I'll go back to, I'll go back to George Bush. I was not a huge fan of George Bush. I didn't like a lot of what George Bush did. There's never a question in my mind that what George Bush did was what he believed to be in the best interest of this country. He was a patriot. Go back to every Republican who I've criticized, George Bush, his father, the first George Bush, Ronald Reagan. You may not like their policies. You may disagree with their policies. Is there any question that they acted in what they believed to be the best interest of this country? And ask yourself, did Donald Trump act in what he believed to be the best interest of this country, or did he act in what he believed to be the best interest of Donald Trump? It Right. And even even going back to our very first podcast with uh, Steve Kornacki, when he was talking about how George H.W. Bush raised taxes because it was for the best of the country, the country's well-being. I certainly don't see Trump doing that today and putting country, to your point, above himself. So this brings us back to the question of, is it time to impeach? And here are the pros and here are the cons, right? If the, the cons are, well... It would really be divisive for the country. And if you remember the last time Republicans tried to impeach Bill Clinton, his numbers went up and, and it cost the Republicans in the polls and they lost Congress. And in fact, when, when you hear Democratic candidates talking um, about what they're asked about on the campaign trail, they're asked about health care, they're asked about fiscal issues, they're asked about student debt, et cetera, et cetera. They're not asked about Mueller. And that's true. I can actually guarantee you I've been looking at polling because this is what I do for a living. I've, I've looked at polling consistently over you know the course of the past 25 years, including in the past year. And I can tell you that, no, the Mueller report doesn't really pop, and that's really not what voters care about because they care more about what you as a candidate can do for them. And that applies to how do you put my kids through college? How do you pay for the mortgage? How do you put food on the table? But, and here's the but, if not this, then what rises to the level of impeachment. What does it take for Congress to do its duty? Do they have to do their duty or do they let the election take care of it in 2020? Um, 
I would argue, and, I, and I've come around to this reluctantly, that I think it's very, it's high time to very seriously start thinking about impeachment because, uh, and I struggle with this because I'm not sure it's politically the right answer, but I think it is our duty as citizens and it is our, Congress's duty as a co-equal branch of government to, to use the constitutional remedy that is available to us to hold this man accountable for not putting the needs of the American people first. And this report, forget the judicial aspect of it, forget the legal aspect of it, makes it very clear this is a president who was desperate for our enemies to target his fellow Americans to benefit him and to benefit them, but not to benefit the country as a whole. One of the political questions I wanted to get your opinion on, Julie, was, okay, so how the Republicans used Benghazi and used a foreign issue that I really, again, don't think as many Americans cared about as, for example, the economy. But they kept banging it and making Hillary Clinton look like a deceitful killer. Is there something that the Democrats can do to kind of switch their message a little bit to make Donald Trump look similar to that and put doubt, I guess, in a lot of Republicans in that way so they don't vote for him again? Or is he just Teflon Don? He's, he's, not, not, he's not Teflon Don. Nobody's Teflon anybody. Um, again, I, I, I'm old enough to remember when George Herbert Walker Bush's numbers were astronomical um, during, during the first Gulf War, and then a year later, or a year and a half later, he was out of office. So no, nobody's Teflon. What I think what Democrats fail to understand is that first of all, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can go ahead and talk about healthcare, or go ahead and talk about the economy, or go ahead and talk about student debt or what pay Warren for college, is doing. which exactly what Elizabeth Warren is doing, um, and she's doing it very well. Um, but I think what you can also do is be cognizant of the fact that you know the president has the bully pulpit, and God knows he's not going to be start stopping to talk about the Mueller report. He's talking about it nonstop, so you do let him unilaterally define and lie about what that report said? Or do you stand up and do your constitutional duty and say, you know what, Mr. President, this report is atrocious. It's not wishful thinking by Democrats. Nobody actually expected Donald Trump to get indicted because everybody knows there's DOJ guidelines preventing Donald Trump from getting indicted. But is the standard that Donald Trump committed crimes or is the standard that Donald Trump very clearly did not uphold his oath of office which is to protect this country from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, he didn't. I mean, the report is very clear on that. And unless there's a very specific, targeted, sustained narrative on the Democratic side about that, which is not in dispute, that is in black and white in this report, Democrats will lose this debate. And by the way, it's not a debate that it's not like the debate's going to go away. Donald Trump will be talking about this from now until 2020. And he will be saying this is the Democrats' way of trying to subvert the will of the voters, and the voters voted to, to elect him. And uh, the reality is, you know, the voters voted to elect him, not having the facts at hand that we now have. And yes, there's an election in 2020, and they can remedy that if they want to. But Congress also has a job and a role to play or if not, Congress would never, I mean, the, the framers would never have put impeachment into the Constitution. They would have just said, listen, if the president does something awful, there's always an election every four years, you could vote him out of office, or you just wait him out if it's a second term. But the Republicans certainly didn't do that with Bill Clinton. They certainly didn't wait until, wait out his second term. And let's not forget, what Bill Clinton did is lie under oath about 
sex, right? This is a lot worse than that. This is somebody trying to shut down an investigation, unsuccessfully try to shut it down because he was saved by Don McGahn, who he's now trashing. Frankly, if I were him, I would give Don, Don McGahn, you know, a gold watch and tell him he's the best employee he ever had. But trying to get people to shut down an investigation into Russian interference in our election. Why? Apparently, the, the report says because he thought that if people thought he got elected with Russia's help, he would look like he was an illegitimate president. But it doesn't matter why he did it. What matters is he tried to do it. Also, I wish the report had addressed whether the Russians actually have anything over Trump specifically. Does it answer whether or not there's a P-tape? It doesn't matter. We know what they had over him. What they had over him is, is dangling the carrot of, 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 a, of a real estate deal, a, a lucrative, incredibly lucrative real estate deal in Moscow. Um, and Moscow real estate's really expensive. And Moscow, at one point in the last few years, if not now, was one of the most expensive cities in the world, if not the most expensive city in the world. We know what they had on him. And they had it on him while he was running. I mean, in the summer of 16, while he was running, you had emissaries from the Trump organization saying, well, he can't come to Moscow now before the convention because he's really busy, but maybe after the convention, in the context of trying to do a real estate deal. And Trump himself saying, well, of course I was trying to do this deal because, you know, if I, I didn't think I was going to win, I wasn't going to give up a business opportunity. If you're a Trump supporter, what does that say to you? It says to you that this president really doesn't care. He cares about business opportunities for himself and concurrently cares about protecting himself from legal jeopardy. Doesn't care whatsoever about the fact, and I keep going back to this because this, I don't think this has been said enough in, in, in the context of analyzing the Mueller report, the fact that our enemies came after us. Members of his administration and his family tried to get his hands, and, and his, uh, their allies, tried to get their hands on stolen material that the Russians got illegally to benefit themselves against their fellow Americans. At which point does politics stop at the water's edge? I mean, you have Nancy Pelosi, who was abroad this weekend, who, when asked about Trump, said she, wouldn't, she has a policy of not criticizing the president when she's abroad. How quaint. I mean, how quaint. Meanwhile, you have a president that apparently has no problem trying to, unsuccessfully, because he's adult, but trying to work with our enemies to try to, to against the interests of his fellow Americans. That's where we are. That's what we want. That's what we expect out of commander-in-chief, out of the most powerful man in the country and in the world. That's what we expect. I mean, has the Republican Party just so completely sold out to Trumpism that they're okay with this? We're not so far removed from, from Mitt Romney, rightfully, and I said it at the time, rightfully saying that, that, that Vladimir Putin rushes in our number one geostrategic foe. What happened to that Republican Party? What happened to Mitt Romney, by the way, who put out the statement, oh, this is really ba bad for the president, this makes everybody look bad? Well, how about this, Senator Romney? You sit on the Foreign Relations Committee, and I believe you sit on the Homeland Security Committee, if I'm not mistaken. Why don't you do something about it? Don't be Jeff Flake. Because it's very nice to be Susan Collins and Jeff Flake and put out these strong statements and then go ahead and vote the way you vote and not hold the president accountable. Why don't you say that Congress has a duty to investigate this, Mr. Romney, since you're the one that pointed out that, that Russia was the number one geopolitical foe, and they came for us. This report makes it very clear that they came for us. That's what I don't understand. They're also more concerned with maintaining their own power, much like Trump is. 
Sure. I mean, of course. And, and, and that's politics. And listen, I mean, I worked in the business long enough to know that you do whatever you can to get elected. But as I said, I, f- I find it quite quaint um, that you have one party, maybe the Democrats need to learn something from Trump. Um, uh, one party that's saying, oh, well, you know, let's not talk about the Mueller report. Let's just move on to talk about other issues. As though voters can't absorb both at the same time. As right. though you have a president. I'll, I'll make this point. I'll be generous. I'll, 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 I'll lay this out for my fellow Democrats hey, the reason that nobody's focused on your issues right now is because this president will spend from now until the day of his election, and I guarantee you until the day he dies, win or lose, talking about the Trump report. Yep. That's all he's going to talk about. So you can go ahead and talk about health care and education and everything that voters want to hear about, and you should. But do what Elizabeth Warren did. And by the way, Elizabeth Warren, I was never a huge Elizabeth Warren fan. I'm starting to really warm up to her. Because here's a a woman who's putting out great, meaty, public, substantive public policy positions. And at the same time saying, by the way, uh, you know, I think we're all smart enough to walk and chew gum at the same time. Maybe Congress should really take a look at what happened here with the Mueller report. Maybe they should consider impeachment. Good for her. And by the way, more Democrats should do that. And that starts with Nancy Pelosi, by the way, who doesn't want to do this because first it was, oh, he's not worth it. Well, he's the president. You know, don't try to diminish him. He is the president. The Constitution sets up a requirement for you to consider this. So he is worth it just by virtue of the fact that he has the title. And secondly, I get it. Democrats want to focus on this. They're worried about their prospects in 2020, how that's going to affect them. I think they're fundamentally misreading the ability of the Trump base to come out, regardless of what Donald Trump does, they're coming out. And for the Democratic base, that's coming out. You're worried about those people in between the Democratic districts that we picked up um, last year, the Republican districts that we picked up last year. I know some of these districts. I mean, these districts in California, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, other places where where Democrats beat incumbents, longtime incumbents, uh, Republican incumbents. You know. That's because people were disgusted with Donald Trump. Right. And, and, that, and Elizabeth Warren has picked that, picked that up and is the first one on this and it's, is not following suit of other candidates. And I, I think this is going to, short and long run, look great for her. I think so too. For the life of me, I really don't understand what it is that we're worried about here. I mean, again, I go fundamentally back to the fact that you have a man in the most powerful position in the land who had no problem and welcomed, maybe didn't coordinate, but welcomed an assault on our democracy. I mean, what else do you need to know? What else rises to a level of impeachment? I mean, we're, you know, what else do we need to know? I mean, it's not the Manchurian candidate. You're not really going to have somebody who was sent here like a robot by the Russians to take over the White House. That only happens in the movies. But, but in reality, how much more do you need to know to understand that we have a commander-in-chief who is not operating in good faith on behalf of the people he's been elected to represent? Well, I, don't know what else, I don't know what else rises to a level of impeachment. It's certainly not a blue dress. Right. It's not. And don't forget, the articles of impeachment against Nixon were the underlying crime was a third rate, as people called it, break in into a hotel, the Watergate Hotel, which Nixon apparently was may or may not have been aware of, but certainly didn't orchestrate. And they got him because of obstruction. And that's why he resigned before he could be impeached by the full house. How far we've come, where apparently that's no longer even a standard for, for, for even looking into impeachment proceedings. So a lot of my friends have texted me to ask 
that the Mueller report, it lists so many people and it's hard to keep everybody straight in it. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, Julie, if you thought the report was more good news for Kushner, Ivanka Trump, Donald Trump Jr., because it treats them as individuals who don't have legal knowledge or criminal intent to become targets of the Well, probe. that's the other thing I asked this lawyer about, because I said, listen, um, if I don't know that I'm breaking the law, does that excuse me from breaking the law? And he kind of laughed and he said, no, of course not. And so just because Donald Trump Jr. apparently is too dumb to know he was he was potentially breaking the law, I don't. where do I go to get that kind of legal immunity? Because I, you know, I didn't realize being a dope excuses you right. from, from following the law. Um, at the very least, I can tell you this, you are not allowed to accept an in-kind contribution or a direct contribution from a foreign government. You're just not. And anything of value. And the fact that they were having a meeting with the Russians to try to get dirt on Hillary Clinton would have been an in-kind contribution because that dirt is worth something. It is worth some kind of um, financial number, whatever that number is. You can't do that. That is against the law. That is crystal clear. So Donald Trump is, Jr. is very lucky, Jared Kushner is as well, that nobody actually gave him anything of value because if he had gotten dirt of value opposition research that presumably costs money to get, which of course it does because nobody's working for free, they would have very clearly broken the law about getting money um, from foreign nationals. And so right there, but, but again, I don't, what I don't understand is if I hire... If I hire a hitman to kill my husband, and that hitman turns out to be an FBI agent, so the, the hit never happens. But I try. I really try. Right. I'm still going to jail. I mean, right. I didn't, right. right? I mean, I'm still going to jail. So what I don't understand is, um, and I'm sorry to my imaginary husband. I'm, I'm really not trying to kill you. But um, but what I don't understand is he tried. He was just unsuccessful in, in getting it. So, so where's, again, that's something I'd love Robert Mueller to answer. Why? Why is it that he tried to get a thing of value from a foreign national, clearly breaking the law, um, had he gotten it, and, and he doesn't get prosecuted because he doesn't know that's the law? Okay. Do you think it's because if, if it was a more a prosecutor who wouldn't go for a more difficult case because it seems like in Mueller's past he goes for slam dunk cases. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, and I'm not going to second guess, guess Robert Mueller. I'm, I'm certainly not a lawyer, and I certainly don't know everything he knows. I, I would love for Congress to ask him these questions. I think right. they're important questions to ask him. I, I don't want to presume what the answer might be. Would you? So would you tell your son because someone else jumps off a bridge that it's okay to do so? Uh, in fact, I tell him all the time that it's not okay to do so, even though he doesn't believe me because he loves doing what his friends do. But so, go ahead. So how do you explain uh, when Sarah Sanders says that she thinks it's okay to lie because other people lie? I, I, the, the reasonings that I am being given by people... Well, what are people saying to you? I'd love to hear what people are saying to you. Are pe- do people buy this because she's getting so indignant while other people have lied? But it's the, this reasoning you wouldn't give to your son to do something. You know what, it, you know what upsets me? Um, it's like, do they think the American people are stupid? And so that's what those answers seem like. She, you know, it's interesting because I'm sure if you talk to Dana Prino, who worked, um, who worked, um, as, as Bush's press secretary, uh, the last president Bush's press secretary, you talk to Jay Carney or who worked for Barack Obama. I mean, you talk to any of these people, I think, my understanding is that there is a sense of standing behind that podium and that you are representing the United States and you're paid for by the, you're, you're paid by the taxpayers. I mean, she works for us. She does not work for Donald Trump. He's not paying her personally. We are paying her. Um, and 
she's lying and she's using taxpayer dollars to do it. And at which point, by the way, she hasn't had a White House briefing in ages. Um, at which point do reporters stop interviewing her? Because you can't believe what she says. And Kellyanne Conway and all these other people. I mean, when, when you've been proven to be a liar over and over and over again, when do you stop being invited on to the airwaves to keep lying to the American people? Because, you know, whenever I do MSNBC now or whenever I, when I was working at Fox, if I got something wrong, which I would occasionally get, if I got my facts wrong, I would tweet out a correction or I would say it the next time I was on. I can't imagine that if I just got up there every day and said, you know, sat on that outnumbered couch, for example, and said, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm a six-foot-tall blonde. I mean, can't you tell I'm a six-foot-tall blonde? I'd say, you know, look at, look at my blonde hair. Look at my, my six-foot-tall, you know, legs. You'd know I was lying. Right. At which point would Fox or any other television station just say, you know what, Julie, you're kind of unhinged, and we're not going to have you on here anymore because what you're saying is just not... It's reality. making us look bad, It's too. making us look bad because we're allowing somebody to use our airwaves and our time to just sit here and lie, and blatantly lie. Here you have a woman who's admitted to being a liar, um, admitted that she said she didn't, you know, she just made up the whole part about everybody at the FBI wanting Comey to, to, to leave, to be fired. Um, okay, great. You're using my taxpayer dollars from behind the podium to do that. Um, and this is, you know, Sarah Sanders, good Christian woman, Sarah Sanders, you know, who talks about how God wanted Donald Trump elected. I mean, at which point do you start reconciling your own personal faith, at the very least, to how you're behaving and comporting yourself? And more importantly, uh, you know, let's even take faith out of the equation. Stop wasting my money. It's my money that's paying Sarah Sanders. It's your money, Emily. It's everybody's money who's listening to this who's an American citizen or even an American taxpayer who's not a citizen. So stop it and, and get rid of her. I completely agree. I have another question for you. Do you think Barr should be out because his letter was pretty much proven to be false? Yeah. I mean, I do think Barr should be out. He's not going to be because he was hired specifically for this purpose. I mean, God knows. Donald Trump, you know, President Trump spent all of his time. Trump's own appointee will decide his fate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Trump spent all his time trashing Jeff Sessions because Sessions wouldn't go this far. So he finally got the attorney general that he wanted. Um, you know, if you're Barr, I guess this is the end of your career. I, you know, what kind of legacy do you want? Um, Don McGahn, ironically enough, if you read this report, the White House counsel who tries to be here and all of this kind of said he wants to be, I forgot the actual quote, but something along the lines of, you know, I want to be just, I want to be Judge Robert Bork and not White House Nixon um, massacre Robert Bork. Okay, congratulations, you know, you, you, think you availed yourself well and now you're going to go in the Supreme Court, which is obviously what Bork wanted to do and, and couldn't do partially because of, because of his history with Nixon. But Barr, Barr was hired to do this one thing. Barr was hired to spin for the president. And I'm not saying that all attorney generals don't, don't do this. All attorneys general understand their political appointees. But I don't recall one who's ever done it. I mean, I read this and I turned to a friend and I said, you know, I don't think John Mitchell who was Nixon's attorney general, would have gone this far. It's just amazing. I use the word quaint again, but it's amazing how quaint the Nixon administration was. I mean, the president actually resigned rather than put the country through an impeachment proceeding. When do you ever envision that happening again with this president? Um, Never. And same thing with Barr and same thing with Sanders and same thing with Kellyanne, who, you know, I've known a very, very long time. Um, But at some point, you got to stop lying using taxpayer dollars to do it. You want to go be a liar on the private 
Dole, go ahead. If, if, if a network will put you on for being a liar, that's, a, that's on the network. That's not on anybody else. But if you're wasting my taxpayer dollars being a liar, Barr, Sanders, Conway, then I, then I start to really have problems with that because that's my money and your money that they're doing, abusing to do that. Right. I Really, the, the message of all this is I believe the Dems and the American people need to stop being quaint and get salty. They do need to get salty. And I again, I don't think that we can walk. We could walk and chew gum at the same time. You can talk about all the issues you want to talk about that matter to the American people, but this also matters to the American people. I, I don't like being told by people in charge lies that we can clearly disprove as Barr did originally and then we read the report um and a lot of my friends just feel that and so do I that they take us as stupid and taking the American people as stupid that you can by a tweet saying no collusion that is so it's there was a whole investigation that happened that showed the opposite and it, it makes me really my stomach hurt because this person is in charge of our country. And I also think it is important to, to show that someone who's going to make a deal with Russia or going to want to be mutually beneficial with them. Those things I think also can lead to bad economic policies or already do because if he's willing to, you know, in the election, get information on Hillary, it's like he can also be willing to do a bad trade deal, which is going to impact farmers, which is going to impact his base. And it's like, these things do matter. And I wish maybe the message could be more straightforward that while it's not impacting the economy right now, this is something that can. Any, listen, this, when you have a president whose motives are questioned, not because you question his political judgment, because we all question each other's political judgments. It's a, it's a divided country, and I don't see it uniting anytime soon. So there's a whole bunch of people who hate Donald Trump. There are a whole bunch of people who love Donald Trump and his policies. That's fine. That's the way it should be. Um, but when you have a country that questions why those policies are being enacted, and are they being enacted in what the president judges and his judgment thinks is for the best interest of our nation? Or is it that he's doing this for the best interest of his bottom line financially, for the best interest of protecting himself from law enforcement, um, to protect his family, to protect his pocketbook? I mean, that's where things get dicey. And I cannot think of another president in history, and we've had some awful presidents, terrible presidents, but I can't think of one more where you have to actually stop and ponder the question, is he doing this because he's judging this to be the best policy for this nation, or is he doing this because he's judging this to be the best thing for his bottom line? You know, our entire government cannot be held hostage to Donald Trump and the Trump Organization's bottom line. I mean, Mitt Romney, I have to go back to this again. Mitt Romney has acknowledged, Susan Collins, the two of them have acknowledged that this is a troubling report. Well, if you're troubled by it, do something. Do something. And why are you not troubled by the fact that the Mueller report lays out very clearly the, the oh, it's like we're losing the forest for the trees. Forget obstruction. Right. Forget crimes, whether they were committed or not. They may have been. They may not have been. But there's no question. There's no doubt. It, and the thing is, if, if I'm troubled by someone getting beat up in front of me, oh, I'm troubled by it. But if I don't do anything, I'm complicit in that person getting the crap beat out of them. At some point, like you said, Julie, you have to act. You have to do something. You can, being troubled can only last so long. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I got to tell you, I am. Uh, if if Mitt Romney doesn't actually do something as opposed to just putting out these statements, then you know he'll be Jeff Flake. I mean, <laughs> congratulations, Mitt Romney. Pat on the back. You you furred your brow. Right. Um, it's the old you know furrow my brow. Jeff Flake was great at that. Um, yeah, it's a thoughts and prayers. Like, yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly. That's what it is, thoughts Paul. and prayers. That's a great, great analogy. It is thoughts and prayers. Um, we don't really need Mitt Romney's thoughts and prayers on this issue. What we need is Mitt Romney's action on this issue because guess what? Mitt Romney can do something the rest of us can't. He is a senator, and so there's only 99 others besides him. He can actually hold the president accountable for this behavior if he wanted to, but I don't see him actually doing that. And I would, I would like to end with on the same question I started with. If I steal something from you, Julie... I deny it, and then you then you decide to hire an investigator to look into it. If I didn't do it, I'm not going to be stressed out. But if I did do it, this could be the end of our friendship. Yeah, I mean, of course, like, of course, psychol- of course. And look, I'm not going to pretend that um, if I got a letter from a prosecutor today saying, "Hey, I, I heard you killed John Smith," I wouldn't be freaking out even though I know I didn't kill John Smith, it's not like, you know, I understand where anybody who gets that kind of information might be a little nervous. But you don't try to shut an investigation down. You walk in there and you say, you know what, I'm going to testify. And and I love all these people on Twitter, by the way, whenever I say that, saying, well, why would he go for a perjury trap? Hey, guess what? It's not a perjury trap if you don't perjure yourself. And you don't have to perjure yourself if you, if you tell the truth. Yeah, if you didn't do it. Yeah, I mean, the per- you know, Donald Trump wasn't going to go for perjury trap. What perjury trap? I mean, uh, you know, I've, I don't know how many people have gotten spoken to law enforcement and don't get indicted for perjury because they just sit down and tell the truth to the best of their ability. And to the best of their ability should be the whole truth. And this president refused to do that. That's something else to bear in mind. He refused to do that. And I wonder if Bill Clinton had refused to do that, if he never would have gotten you know, Clinton lied. Remember Clinton lied about sex. I mean, uh, he only lied because they had him testifying. Um, I don't think Newt Gingrich would have let that happen. Yeah, well, exactly. And so my question is, why is nobody making a bigger deal out of that too? The bottom line is, we could wrap it up on this, but the bottom line is, this is not how you expect the president to comport himself. It's just not. And there's a standard that is political and there's a standard that is governmental and there's a standard that is legal. And I can't speak to the legal standard that has or hasn't been met. We'll find out in short order about that, especially about obstruction. Um, but I can tell you that as an American, this is not what we should expect from the president of the United States. And this report was crystal clear, and I'll end with this, crystal clear that Donald Trump's only interest was his own and not what was in the best interest of this country, or else he would not have welcomed Russian interference in our elections, would not have tried to have his members of his staff and his family try to work with the Russians. Just because they failed doesn't mean they didn't try. And I, I have to ask again, if I try to take a hit out on somebody and that hit didn't come to pass, I'd still get indicted for, for, for trying, and this is what I don't understand. Um, and I hope we hear from Robert Mueller about that shortly. All right, on that happy note... What's making you salty this week besides all of this? Well, if it wasn't that, um, really, I guess on a personal note, what's making me salty is, you know, when you go to sleep and right as you're about to fall asleep, all the thoughts of just changing the world and what's going on in your life, you want to change it at that moment. I have not been able to sleep because of that. And I would like it to stop. That's why I'm salty. Does that happen to you? Uh, you happened to me in the middle of the night tonight. Um, <laughs> I woke up at midnight 
Um, and uh, I think I overdid it yesterday at Easter celebrations a little bit. So I'm <laughs> a little, um, a little uh, hungover at midnight. And uh, I woke up and I started reading the New York Times just to try to um, go back to sleep. I, I went through the paper and yeah, it made me salty because I was up till about 3.30, 4 a.m. And then I try to start to think of how I can solve them or what I can do and it, it gets me Yeah, honest. so I think the key for me is at least go read a fiction book and not focus on this in the middle of the night because it's it's uh, all it does is just make you go insane in the membrane. Maybe I sound more salty than usual because I'm salty and tired because I literally sat there and read um, the Times and I read the Post and I read the Wall Street Journal and I, I think I read every newspaper on the planet last night in the middle of the night on my phone. Um, and it's all about this stuff. And, and all I kept thinking is, why is no, that's what's making me salty. I said this in our podcast, but, but why is nobody talking about the larger issue here? It's like you don't see the forest for the trees. The larger, or not nobody, but most people aren't. The larger issue is, is this really the lowest common denominator? Is this really what we expect from the president, just that he's not a criminal? <laughs> and we expect nothing more than just that he's not a criminal. I don't know. I would hope that we expect something more from, from the president, especially from a president who wants to make America great again. Make America great again doesn't mean make America great again by having a standard that the president is not a crook. Or he, a crook is not even a word. The, the president is not a criminal. He could be a crook and not be a criminal. He's certainly a crook if you look at this report. And I think that's a note. Take away the quaint and bring the salt. <laughs> bring, exactly. That's, that's our motto. <laughs> All right, everybody. Take care.